0: Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hey, everybody. It's Linda Gunner with Love Him, Love Them, and I'm so excited to come to you tonight. We uh, have been talking about, do you get what you pray for? Or can can you pray and get what you pray for? And so for those of you who don't know anything about us, we are Love Him, Love Them. We're a ministry that operates in both the United States and the country of Haiti, based on James one twenty seven, which says that real religion that God himself considers pure and faultless is this to care for the widows and the orphans who are in a hot mess. That's the LIV version, the Linda International version. So I would recommend that you check us out, www.lovehimlovethem.org. We'd love for you to come alongside of us and volunteer. I'm a volunteer, so we all volunteer together and bring glory to God. But I want to show you how to bring glory to God. And my biggest question for you is when you pray. Do you get what you pray for? So I've made some promises that if you'll stick with me through these uh, next few weeks, you can either listen on the radio shows or on our podcast if you happen to miss a week. Uh, and if you'll go through me and w- these with me in order, i will I am promising you that you will pray and you will get what you pray for if you uh, follow what we're we're talking about tonight. So we talked uh, on our previous podcast, so if if you're just listening tonight for the first time, you've already missed one. But I will give you a little blip of what we talked about, is we have to change our image of God, right? He's not a principal. He's not waiting to scold us when we come to him. That is not the truth about God at all. The truth is that God is a father that loves us and welcomes us. He delights to hear and answer our prayers, and we can never bother him or weary him by praying too much or too often. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes my daughter, I'm not going to use the daughter's name, but I'm just going to be flat out. I do have one daughter that I am not very godly like because she does weary me. (laughs) She loves, anybody here have a daughter that just loves to talk. And the problem is she loves to talk after I've gone to bed, right? So it's 1030, 11 o'clock. And she, I mean, she came in last night even with a, um, what are those things called? A PowerPoint. She had a PowerPoint that she had put together for one of her classes. And she was like, Mommy Linda, I want to show you that a PowerPoint. It was 45 minutes long. But, anyways, the good news is I'm not God, right? So <laughs> even though I can become bothered and wearied uh, by my children, which I'm sure none of the rest of you do. I know all the rest of you are perfect moms and dads and would have gotten, hopped up out of bed, gotten a cup of coffee, and looked at that PowerPoint. But I'm just trying to be transparent and honest. But we cannot bother God. We do not weary him. So if I bring him a PowerPoint with my program, prayers uh he is he's not going to be bothered by that you know god's purpose in the new testament is to make us a kingdom of priests or kingdoms and priests now you're you're not going to get this unless you go back and listen to the other one i'm just going to give you a, a short synopsis of it but basically as and i know some of y'all are like this lady is lost her mind i know she does not think i'm a king and i know she don't think my husband is a king <laughs> but as kings which of course, if my husband's listening, he'll know he is the king of our house. Um, okay, I'm going to pause now. Give everybody time to laugh. There you go. And as kings, our responsibility is to rule as priests. Our responsibility is to pray. We're not qualified to rule until we have first learned to pray. And in other words, uh, and I'm again, I'm just zipping right through this because you'll have to listen to the last uh, to the last show to, to hear this. But uh, in other words, we rule by praying and the extent of our ruling will be the extent of our praying. Again, if you didn't hear the details on this and the explanation, you do need to go back to that previous podcast or radio show to get those details. Because my goal for you is to pray and get what you pray for. Okay, so here we go. What is the right way to approach God in prayer? I know sometimes... um, There's this guy at, I don't want to say, there's this guy at one of the churches that I have attended in my life. How about that? (laughs) And uh, this is so wrong. And if my husband's listening, he's going to get mad at me, but I'm just going to say it. So like he will take his shoes off. And I know that, right. They say that you're on holy ground or whatever. You're supposed to take his shoes off. He will take his shoes off. I don't know if he takes his socks off or not, but like even before the service starts and we'll be in the altar and um, I mean, I guess my question is, is that the way you're supposed to approach God on, on your knees in your altar? Is that are you supposed to be you know, there's another verse that says that you're supposed to be in your closet with your door closed. Um, I mean, how some people it's typing on their phone on social media prayer. Um, how are we supposed to approach God? I remember when I was little, we would get on our knees beside the bed and pray. What was that thing we prayed? Um, our father. I can't remember what it was. I remember it was a good night prayer. But then I remember afterwards. Does anybody remember that? Anybody in the room with me remember that? Our father. I don't know. I have to look that up. I shouldn't have talked about it if I didn't have it. But my question to you is, what is the? I know all of you out there are praying that prayer right now. Good night. I can't remember how it goes. What is the right way to approach God in prayer? So the first requirement is taken from Jesus and His life here on Earth, and we talked about this last week about Hebrews five seven, and it says. When Jesus was here, when he was here on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions. How? With fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Think about that. He was about to go to the cross and he was crying and fervently crying. And he was heard. Why was he heard? Because of his reverent submission. Now, I wonder what comes to your mind when you first hear those words, reverent submission. I know there are a lot of different religions that say you can't pray with, um, I was at a church one time and, and well, a lot of times whenever people start praying, the guys all take their ball caps off and, um, I think that a lot of people think that that is reverent submission. I think that like the guy I was talking about that takes his shoes off and goes up to the altar and puts his hands up. I think that's what some people think is reverent submission. I wonder what, before we go further, I wonder what do you think reverent submission is? Because it says that the reason that God heard Jesus's prayer was during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission. You know, people people say all the time, do you think God hears all prayers? Well, I think there's a lot of places in the Bible that tell us if you're doing this, he doesn't hear you. If you're doing this, he does hear you. If and this this particular one is saying, he was heard because of his reverent submission. So in my in my mind, we need to know what reverent submission is. Jesus is our example as a priest, and and his primary responsibility of a priest was to offer up sacrifice, and that during his earthly life, the sacrifice he offered up were the prayers and petitions that he offered. This is a New Testament, right? Jesus is in there doing this. He offered these up to the Father, but at the end of that verse, it says, why did the Father always hear the prayers of his Son? It says he heard because of his reverent submission. That's the first aspect of us approaching God that I want us to talk about, especially if it says why he was heard. How was this reverent submission of Jesus? How was that expressed? Because, you know, in that, in that verse, it doesn't tell us where he, was doing, where he was or what he was doing or how he was doing it, except for it does say about fervent cries and tears. Let's look. Matthew 26, 39 says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not, here we go, yet not as I will, but as you will. And then a little bit later in that same chapter in Matthew 26, it says, he went away a second time. And prayed. (laughs) Uh, You know how many people say, I prayed about that. How many times have you prayed about that? I mean, this is Jesus Christ himself, and it just said he went away a second time. I think many of us, we throw it up in the air like it's a baseball as far as our prayers are concerned. That's it. Uh, No reverent submission. No way in approaching God. No nothing. It's just like so, almost so that we can say that we've prayed but in this, in this Matthew 26 alone right here, Jesus Christ himself, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. So here we go, people. Here's our answer. Reverent submission is saying to our father, not as I will, but as thy will it consists of us renouncing our will and embracing the will of God. And, you know, that that just doesn't happen. <laughs> in the United States of America, and I don't know where you're listening, it, we as a ministry of Love Him, Love Them work heavily, heavily in the country of Haiti also. But I'm just going to say that in the United States, denying ourselves, it, you just, that just don't happen. It's all about me, right? It's all about what I want. It's all about who offended me. It's all about who looked at me the wrong way. It's all about who didn't who didn't uh, like my post, who didn't share my post, who isn't supporting me. Who? It's all about me, 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 me. I mean, to to have someone in the United States of America literally deny what they want and allow God our Father to do something that He wills in our life. I don't even think we we consider that anymore. I mean, we we say it, but let's just look at this. Us to renounce our will. You know, Jesus gave us a sample prayer. He told us how we ought to pray. Does anybody know what that is? Most of us call it the Lord's Prayer. And in part of that prayer, he includes this very thing that we're talking about. It says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You know, I, I'm going to stop right here because it says, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, I'm taking my glasses off. I don't know why I'm doing that because then I can't see my Bible. Thy will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We, we don't we don't do that. We don't. I mean, unless we add it in as a tagline, because what we pray is we pray for what we want. <laughs> I pray for what I will. Right. And then if it doesn't happen, then I say, well, I guess I not God's will. I guess he just didn't want that to happen. He didn't want me, he didn't want me healed. He didn't want this person healed. He he wanted something else. We don't but we don't pray that way. We pray for what we want. We 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 have to be able to say that if my will and thy will are not matching up, then I renounce my will. I order that thy will can be done. Because where those two wills conflict, it's got to be the will of God that has to be allowed to rule. You know, there's an aspect of the old nature that is being dealt with in this requirement. And do you, do you know what the old nature is? I'm going to show you, take Ephesians 4, through 24. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self you know, we've, I've been dealing with something with this all week long about lying. I don't know if you've ever had to confront a child or an employee or someone that you've worked with closely or even a friend that uh, lies, 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 lies. You know, there's a spirit of lying, but also it's our old self that lies. Because once we have, have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and we're full of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is is going to convict us of those lies. It is going to, as it comes to our mouth, it is going to convict of that. And the the Bible tells us right here that we are to put off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So look, there's two selves, people. There's two selves. There is the old nature, and that is before God changed us. You know, a, a lot of people that say they're believers or that say they're a Christian. I was riding around in the back of a um, a tap tap in Haiti one time with this guy that I was trying to minister to. And, you know, you say, do you believe? I can't remember how I said it. Yeah. Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah. I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And then, you know, I, I go on to ask him, uh, what is what is he? What does he do? What is his job? And he pulls out his phone and starts showing me, um, which I wasn't riding in the back of a tap top. I was in one of our pastors' cars. Now that I think about, it, you can't have a conversation like that in the back of a tap tap because there's goats and pigs and uh, babies crying and all of that. I was in the back of one a, a private car. But he shows me his phone, and his phone is full of uh, idols. Literally, I mean, I'm, I'm literally he carves out. Uh, idols that people worship. And I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't reconcile with that you're a believer in Christ, but you're you're carving out idols for people to worship. And I, I realized that, that at that particular moment, you know what? There's a lot of us who say that we are Christians. And just because someone says they believe in Jesus, it says even in James that even the demons believe in Jesus. But we've got two different people. And if we have not put off our old self, That is something that has to happen. It's it's not something that God does for us, right? That's something that we do. It says right there, put off your old self. God does not do that for us. But when we say, not my will, but thine be done, that is a very practical step in how we are putting off the old self. When we say, thy will be done, We are putting on the new self that is we're being changed. We're being made new. And that is in the attitude of our minds. We have to understand that the old self is a rebel who we had some stuff going on in our house. I think it was a few weeks ago. Um, And uh, my daughter, Gina, the prayer warrior, Gina, who is also in charge of our 24 hour prayer team for love him, love them ministry. If you are in, I would love to be included in that or love to pray. We have a 24 a hour prayer team that literally with the emergencies that come up with the gang activity we have with people being kidnapped and things like this, that we're in constant prayer. And we have that uh, available. If you'd like to be a part of that, get in touch with us at www.lovehimlovedem.org. And. Um, she said, Mommy Linda, I really feel like we have a spirit of rebellion going on in our house. And she literally went around the house, anointed with oil, prayed. Um, the, the rebel part, that is that is part of our old self, right? So when we say "Thy will be done, we are putting on the part of our new self that gets rid of that rebel because once that rebel spirit is in there, that means that that rebel spirit has no claim to God's inheritance, the whole inheritance that belongs to us by the right of the new self. But what usually happens to Christians is when the old self rises up again and asserts his claim to what is only the rightful inheritance to the new self. The only way we can guard against that rebel claim, the way we have to do that is to is just like Jesus said, not my will. Because being a rebel is wanting what you want, when you want it, how you want it. That's that's the same way I described myself every time before I went to Haiti. That was me. I wanted to do what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it. <laughs> that was the other reason I didn't want to have kids, right? You'll have to get that first book. We have Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops. that talks about how my husband and I made a deal on our very first date. We were not going to have any kids. And the main reason I didn't want kids is I didn't want my life ruled by a school schedule. I wanted to go where I wanted to go, do what I wanted to do and not have to uh, submit myself and put other people first. I mean, that was my old self. That was my old self. And now with my new self, I am responsible for 5,000 children, for them eating every day, tons and tons of children to be able to be in school, tons and tons of children in our orphanages. And, That all came from me giving up my will. So anyways, let's keep looking at this relationship between the old self and the new self. If God were to answer all, think about this. If he were to answer all the prayers of the old self in every one of us, (laughs) this universe would be chaos. I mean, think about it. Think about, we have Memorial Day, it's Easter. There's lots of different holidays that come up. But what if the person that's preparing their Easter meal uh, let's say you got a house on the lake, and so you're praying for amazing weather and you want sunshine and you want everything to be so beautiful outside, right? And meanwhile, you've got farmers whose crops are withering and they're praying for rain. So they're like, pray, oh, send rain, send rain, God. How is God going to answer both of those prayers? Huh? I mean, because the truth is, he's really not committed to answer either prayer unless. It is the prayer of the new self, which has renounced its own will. I'm going to give you another great example because here's a real-time example. What if there happens to be two nations at war with each other? Let's just say, for practical reasons, Russia and Ukraine. <laughs> okay. What if the Christians that are in both nations are gathering together and they're praying to God for their nation to have the victory? How can God possibly do that? But you see, God isn't committed to do that. God is committed to answer the prayers of the new self, but he's not committed to cater to that old rebel, the old self who just keeps asserting his own will. So when we pray for anything, we always need to ask ourselves, am I praying for this because I want it or because God wants it? Because that makes a great big difference. If it's because I want it, my prayers may not be answered. But if it is because God wants it, then my prayers will be answered. You know, there's certain areas in our lives that Christians habitually bring their requests and their petitions to God. For example, people may pray to be healed of sickness, and and you know what? I think there's a lot of people that don't even pray for other people to be healed anymore because they've prayed for other people that have not been healed. And so they just don't believe and they don't even think that works. And I can give you, we have a new thing out now on a, a station that's called miracles with mommy Linda. And it talks about all of the different times that we've prayed for different people and different miracles that have happened. So I'm going to tell you prayer does work. A lot of other people might pray for a financial need to be met, or they may pray for God to send them money. <laughs> we get that call a lot for people who need money in foreign countries and every, or even here in America. Every time we find ourselves praying these kind of prayers, we need to ask ourselves, am I praying for healing because I want to be healed? Or is it because God wants me to be healed? Am I praying for financial prosperity because it's what I want? Or am I praying for that because it's what God wants. It makes a great deal of difference in our approach to God if we settle that issue. Because here's the thing, as long as we are trying to force our will, our own will, we don't make room for the will of God. When you think about renouncing your own will and embracing the will of God, there's a couple of things you need to remember. First, uh, I've used this so many times with people who don't seem to realize how much God loves their children. You need to realize God loves you more than you love yourself. You need to realize, secondly, that God understands you better than you understand yourself. And you need to understand, thirdly, that God understands, only wants the best for you. Are you prepared? I mean, I want to say those three things again. Number one, God loves you more than you love yourself. Number two, God understands you better than you understand yourself. And number three, God only wants what's the best for you. Are you prepared to say, not as I will, but as thou wilt? I mean, when we truly yield to God's will, we will understand that it is truly what God says it is. His will is good, acceptable, and perfect. Remember this. Prayer is not a way for you to get God to do what you want. Prayer is a way for you to become an instrument for God to do what he wants. That is, I mean, I feel like I could stop now, hang up, and go get a Diet Coke Prayer is not a way for you to get God to do what you want. Prayer is a way for you to become an instrument for God to do what he wants. Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God's ability to answer our prayers goes exceedingly, abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. I have lived this out so many times. You know, the most the prevalent example that comes to my mind is opening a hospital in Haiti in the middle of a global pandemic. I mean, that is more than I could have ever thought or imagined. How could that possibly be? What it is that God, how could it be? that anything that I could possibly hope for or imagine or think or imagine, how could that possibly be? The answer is that it is what God wants to do. What God wants to do is far greater and far higher and far better than anything you could think of. You don't even know how to ask for the things that God can think of or do. But as long as we limit God to doing what we want, we, what we pray for and try to get him to do what we want, we're limiting. We miss it. We miss what God wants. So, you know, it's really very simple and it's very logical that in order to receive the best from God in our prayer, we have to come to God the way that Jesus came with reverent submission. And the way we do that is we say, God, not what I will, but as you will. God, I'm not praying to be healed because I want to be healed. I'm praying because I believe you want me to be healed. God will heal us because he does want us healed. We have got to keep that lesson in mind. God wants us to pray and he wants us to get what we pray for. But there are requirements that we have to fulfill when we approach God in prayer. And renouncing our will Renouncing our own will and embracing God's will, it's a must. God says that he heard Jesus's prayer because of his reverent submission. His reverent submission. I want to keep talking about this because I'm running out of time. But I truly want us to pray and get what we pray for God has told us so many amazing things in his word about how we can ask whatever we wish and he will give it to us. But he has a couple of things that he wants us to do first. And can you imagine wasting your time sitting around asking God for things because you're wanting him to do what you want him to do? And he's sitting there thinking, oh, Linda, (laughs) if you only knew. You just don't get it, little girl. I think that way sometimes with my kids. They have no idea the capacity that I have to answer what their requests are. They can't even think of it or imagine it. But they're limited in only what they know. And guys, that's the same way it is with us. God has laid out in the Word of God, and yet somehow we have turned this thing around to saying that we're going to pray for what we want to pray for and then wait for God to answer that. And then we say, "Okay, that was God's will. When God says, look, just give it up. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Linda, you have no idea what I'm able to do because it's so much more. You can't even think to ask for the things that I can do, Linda. You can't even imagine it. Linda, all I'm asking you to do is to give up your will and just ask for mine. Because remember, Linda, I love you more than you love yourself. Linda, I understand you better than you understand yourself. And Linda, I only want what's best for you. Stick with me, guys, because what I want us to do is pray and get what we pray for. Whatever you do tonight, don't forget to love him and love them.